welcome to Women United Art Podcast, a space dedicated to women artists from all around the globe. Together, we'll dive deep into all things related to our art practices and life experiences. Stay tuned for tips and great advice from incredible women who are killing it in the art world. My name is Mona Lurch. I am a visual artist, artist coach, and founder of Art Moms United and Women United Art Movement. And I'm inviting you now to be the choreographer of your own life. I hope this podcast will inspire you and help you navigate through the next steps in your art career. And with that being said, let's begin our journey together. Hello and welcome to another episode of Season 3 of Women United Art Podcast. Today, joining us from New York City is a multidisciplinary artist, Luisa Galati. She's a Brazilian actress, producer, director and makeup artist who likes to call herself a scene artist because it embraces the multiple positions she takes on within the art of scene. And I hope I didn't butcher your name. Luisa, welcome here. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So I'm super excited about having you here. As we recently interviewed your friend Georgia, another Italia Theatre Company member, and we had a beautiful feature of your company in the summer issue of Women United Art Magazine. And it's truly enriching to have women from various fields of expertise on the podcast as well. So my first question has to be about your background. Can you please share a little bit about your journey of becoming a multi-passionate creative? Of course. I mean, I'm really glad you started with this question because I think in a way that's what guided me really to be what I am because I started in theater very young. That's actually how I learned English because I went to this English school called Red Balloon in Sao Paulo, Brazil. They're not paying me to say this, (laughs) but it was really, it was truly life-changing because they had a drama program and I remember all my friends were in this program, so I wanted to be part of it. And not only it was my introduction to theater, but it was also the main reason why I learned English at a young age, which made a huge difference later on in my life when I moved to the States and I didn't have to learn a whole new language. I pretty much knew it. I mean, and, and then there were the, the difficulties of being in a new country and still learning so many things about the language, but the basis was there. But I'm going back there because I had wonderful teachers, directors who were creating the whole play, creating the set, creating the costumes, doing makeup and uh, writing the scripts and doing everything. And I think that really showed me how crafty theater was and and how hands-on it is for everybody. So pretty much everybody involved would do a lot of different things. And then later on, I joined my school's theater group and it was the same thing. Everybody was hands-on and doing everything to make it happen. The goal was always to make it happen. 
And so I've always had this energy in me. And then I went to a conservatory program in Brazil, then theater college, and then to another conservatory program here in New York at the Lee Strasberg Theater and Film Institute. So this thing of making it happen, doing whatever it takes to make it happen was in my formation as a person. (laughs) So it was just obvious to me. And that's kind of what opened up for me to produce, to direct, to write. I don't call myself a writer, but I write. And even to do makeup. That's that's kind of a separate story in my life, but not so separate. So that's kind of it. I hope it answers your question, because in my mind, I'm already gone to a different universe. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely it does. And I hope that by now, our re- readers and listeners are familiar with Adalia Theatre's mission, But I'd like to know about your role in the company and what do you find the most satisfying element of being a member of this group? Wow. Yeah. I mean, Italia is definitely my heart. We are a theater company of international women. And my role, I mean, I wear many hats in the company as well. But currently, I've been mainly doing events, development, production work, marketing work. Aside from performing and producing our shows, that's when we have a project. But in the administration, that's what I do. I mean, honestly, we turned four years old. And we're taking big steps and we're really, we're growing. And it feels really satisfying to see a group of women artists from my generation, my age, that gathered four years ago with zero, with pretty much nothing and started this from the ground. And we built, we've been building it brick by brick and, and having, you know, making mistakes and having to fix them with with our bare hands too. So it's really satisfying to really see this come together with our own work. Absolutely. And I I absolutely love the concept as well. And since I know or our listeners already know that about that international element, I wanted to ask you about your perspective coming from Brazil. Does your culture influence your position in the company? For sure. <laughs> it always does. I mean, that's that's the richest part of Italia, I think. We come from different places of the world. We deal with things differently. And what brings us together is our experience as foreigners in New York City. But the way that we deal with things is very complementary because we come from different perspectives and different ways of doing things. For instance, in <laughs> in Brazil, we have this expression uh, called jeitinho brasileiro, which means the Brazilian way of doing things. That's a rough translation, but it's it's kind of like, we'll find a way to solve a problem, even if that's, I don't know, putting a Band-Aid on to fix a fan, let's say. So we're known for finding our way to things. So that's definitely a cultural element that I think I bring to the table uh, in, in contrast with Georgia and Maria, who are from Romania and Italy. I love that. That's so amazing. It's just, you know, I feel like these 
cultural perspectives are so important and when put together it just creates magic that you are totally showing as a collective now you also have another project uh, going on which is uh, it's on the box collective which is a stage and screen collective dedicated to thought-provoking productions that explore questions of humanity leaving room for interpretation and personal reflection so can you talk about that collective and what has been the most exciting project of that so far yeah absolutely i mean this collective was born again it was it kind of came together very naturally um i gathered with my colleagues cornelius boulder and ryan karens they've been we've been collaborating for almost three years now and then it got to a point that i looked back and i was like we produced like three or four projects together should we put a name to it <laughs> uh should we create a brand <laughs> and it made sense and then we kind of gathered to understand okay so what's what's connecting all of these projects and that's kind of the description we came up with because every film, every play that we had was very much about the human process in situations that don't really have an answer to. We we never really get into a conclusion. That being said, I think asking about what your favorite project is or what you're most proud of is, is kind of a Sophie's choice here. But uh, right now I'm choosing to talk about Fog Around August, which is a short film that we made. I produced an assistant directed and uh, Ryan directed it and Cornelius wrote it and starred in it. And it holds a very special place in my heart because it was it's a one take film shot in a, on a 16 millimeter camera. And so we had five shots, five takes to do it. And it's a one continuous take. So we had to choreograph it and get it right. And it's film. You only know if it's going to work after it's developed and you see it. So it was a lot of preparation. And the result is very, let's say, imperfect in cinematic terms. But the imperfection of this film is what makes it so beautiful, I think. Because there's so many moments that the camera gets out of focus because it's an old film camera and it complements the story that it's getting out of focus because it feels like you're hiding in those people living room watching a conversation that you shouldn't be watching. And then there are moments that you kind of need to hide. Otherwise, they're going to see you and you need you, you come back up to sneak peek and then you hide again. So I'm really, really proud of that short. And it's now circulating in festivals and it's been an honor to to see that happen. I have more trick questions for you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> so if you, I know you're multi-passionate, uh, multidisciplinary, and, and you said that it's sort of like one complements the other. But if you had to choose a discipline that is the closest to your heart and soul out of everything you do, what would that be? And also, which words would best describe you as a creative? Okay. Woo! 
I mean, I have to say acting, that's the core of everything that I do because, I mean, I started in theater acting and pretty much I built everything else so that I could act. And it's really a fascinating process. I get so much into character work and digging into into a, a play, a film, and figuring out that character. And I, I spend days, hours thinking about it, doing research, reading, and, and trying different things. I think that's the juicy work that I really love doing. Uh, right now with Italia, where we actually are in the middle of rehearsal week, a very intense rehearsal week for our next production, Until Dark, by Federica Bertlenghi. And I mean, it's just been, it's been really beautiful and exciting to dive into this play. And I come home thinking about all these things about my character and I want to do research. I want to do movement work. I want to, I want to jump in. So to me, that's the core. And then you asked me to best describe my, (laughs) my craft Okay, I'm not sure this is exactly going to answer your question, but I love contradictions. (laughs) That's the type of work that I like dissecting the most. So I'm often looking for scripts and characters full of contradictions because that's I believe that the human experience is that way. There's no black and white. And I like pointing that out. I think actually that's the most important part of the job is really, really showing the depths, the layers of a person and how there's no right answer. There's everybody has a right perspective in a way. I was wondering when you were describing, you know, how you embody your character, would you say that your characters influence you as a person afterwards? I learn a lot. From my characters, yes. <laughs> it's funny because I'm I am a method actor, and <laughs> I know if I say that people are like, "Ooh, method acting, whatever." But it's just, it's like studying a whole human being, and you learn so much from that. I think, yeah, saying the word it does it influence you. It, it probably it it sounds a little heavy. But it's not. It's a simple learning process. You know, when you go to therapy, you look back to your life and you're you're like, yeah, I learned a lot after going through whatever I went through. So, yes, going through a character, yes, you learn a lot and it does influence your life. That doesn't mean that you're going to make the same mistakes that your character made or that you're going to commit a crime like your character did. It's not about that. It's about really understanding where where they're coming from. And I think that definitely influences me. I know you see theater as a way to create a revolution. What do you think performance Or why do you think performance has the power to bring people together and spark a change? Wow. I mean, yeah, I guess going back to to this idea of contradictions and really understanding human perspectives, I think the best performances are when an actor 
manages to have the audience rooting for their their character, even if their character are doing something that is known as kind of wrong. Um, just putting it lightly, I I want to make sure I'm not I'm not saying that you know people should start seeing characters doing bad things and and doing that as well. It's not about that. It's uh it's really about when the actor manages to make people understand their side. So I think that's very powerful. And I think in theater specifically, it's the only form of art that happens in the present moment, that each night there's a different audience that will come and watch, yes, the same show, but the magic that happens there is unique. And it's very interesting how audiences behave differently every night and people feed off of each other's energies that night. And I think it's also worth mentioning that I come from a Brazilian theater background and theater in Brazil is very political. It's very much of a social statement, is very much trying to provoke something in society and I think ever since I moved here, I've been finding those meanings in theater here too. And I think it's also that here. It's just told differently. It's just done differently. So I just believe that all those messages being talked about in the theater and the audience absorbing it as a collective and leaving the theater and thinking about it and talking about it that's the power of revolution. And I mean, especially in a world with computers, you can watch a movie at home. You're kind of removed from everything else when you're seeing, when you're watching content by yourself. It's a different experience. You're alone with your own thoughts versus you're experiencing it and feeling it with other people. That's the revolution. So when we create something that we're really excited about, there's this super important element that you just mentioned, and that's the audience. When you are working on something, how do you know that the topic will resonate with people? You don't. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm a firm believer that first of all, I tend I'm only going to be working on things that I believe in. For most of the parts, I guess, unless somebody's paying me a lot of money, <laughs> but probably not even, I don't know, but I'll probably be working on things that I believe in. And I believe that if it speaks to my heart, if I'm connecting to the content, then it's also going to connect to somebody else. Not necessarily for the same reasons. I think people express their connection to pieces differently but at the end of the day the core the connection is is similar so I think that's really gut feeling <laughs> now you are interested both in stage performance and film what would you say are the main differences when building a stage performance and a film both considering the preparation stages and the actual making and producing for you as a person who's done both? That's a big one in my life. <laughs> um, in theater, I think you have so much more space and time to craft a character and the work as an actor. 
you're going to rehearse for kind of a long period of time. I know sometimes you don't even have a lot of time, but it's the repetition going back to it and blocking and thinking it through and, and, you know, doing your homework, doing all the character work. And in film, it's more of a communication directly with the director and you do rehearse sometimes and you kind of understand the director's vision. You prepare it by yourself. If you can, you rehearse with the other actor and then you come to set and you have you chop the experience in small sections out of order. So in theater, you get to experience the whole story over and over again, but you experience the whole story in a night again and again and again in different nights. But you're going through the whole story. And in film, you chop that story and you separate it and it's out of order. So you kind of have to go from zero to a hundred multiple times a day. So it's a different challenge. It's actually a completely different universe almost. It, it almost feels like a completely different profession because <laughs> you're using a different set of tools in your actor's kit but they're still very similar <laughs> of course but yeah I think it's the way that time is distributed in theater and film that kind of put them apart and I always found it like extremely challenging when you are filming and you're doing like different shots of different scenes so you as the actor you don't see the result, the end result until months later. And I mean, how is it for you as an actress when you like have no idea what to expect? It's nerve wracking, but also I think in film, I mean, also in theater, always you have to trust the director because you're not, it's not your role to judge the scene. It's your role to be present, do your best keep trying, keep doing, follow direction. So you kind of have to trust. You kind of have to, you know, connect with the with the material, with the script, and connect with the director and trust that they're going to do a good job. I personally do not like to watch takes on set of myself because I think I'm only going to be judging myself and get in a, in a rabbit hole and I'm not going to be able to fix whatever I think I'm going to be fixing. So I think that that's it. And with theater as well, you're not, as an actor, you're not seeing it from the outside perspective. And as a director, I've directed theater before and it's very interesting because you're, you're putting the piece together. You're, um, you're connecting the dots in your brain and you kind of need the actors to play the game for you so you can see it happen. So it's a trusting exercise. I always found it extremely difficult because obviously like I was not an actress, but I was a dance choreographer, which is very similar in a role um, of the director that you can like, you have to see it, you know, play. <laughs> as you as you want and it was extremely difficult for me 
to see that when it was actually happening. So I would have to be like taking videos, you know, and like drawing, do little drawings of like the choreography, like playing out and everything. And then usually like until the very last moment, I had no idea whether it's really working. So I think it's an extremely difficult task as well. So I applaud you because it's, yeah, it's it's absolutely amazing if someone can see can have the vision and then bring it to life. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, you use the word drawing, and I think that's that's it, right? Because when you're when you're thinking in the director's brain, you're you're kind of seeing it as a as a drawing, as a painting, and you're moving pieces. So yeah, I hear you. <laughs> so over the years, have you developed like a specific process? to bring your vision to life? Great question. I think each project ends up having a different process because each project I'm working with different people. What I find the most fascinating as an actor is that each director will really work in a different way. So you kind of just need to be ready to respond to that. But of course, in my own process, there are the things that I like doing. For instance, uh, when I'm starting to work in a character, I really love starting to dress like the character would dress, even if we're not in costumes yet. I come to rehearsal wearing what she would wear, my character, or I start bringing in little objects to have as a character and discovering these little things because physically I start feeling the character and me. As a director, I think um, mainly communication. I'm definitely a team worker. So it's always about listening to the writer's vision and communicating with the actors and building it little by little. I try to establish that very much a, a teamwork. Uh, so before I draw the scene, I first explore it. And then I'm like, okay, that works. That not so much. Let's put it together. But I think it's, it always, I always have to still be open to, to adapting. Maybe in 10 years, I'm going to be more strict into, into a formula and have a clearer vision Right now, I'm, I'm in explore mode. <laughs> Which is the best part as well, because you're exploring what works for you as well as for the collective that you work with, right? So I think, you know, this is really cool that you are open to, you know, trying new things and, and just learning from that. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's the most fun. That's the most fun. And again, and it goes back to why I'm doing this. People operate differently. And that's the most beautiful part. So what is the number one advice for a young aspiring producer who is just starting out? If you went back to your beginnings, what do you wish you had known back then? You know, sometimes people say there's only so much you can do. And it's true. But also, I fought a lot for the things that I wanted to do. And I definitely broke barriers. So keep trying. Don't let certain barriers get in front of you because 
not always the barriers are what it needs to to be in your life. That was kind of messy, but I think <laughs> there's a, a core message to it. <laughs> and I, I really love that because I think it's true for so many of us who just suddenly started trying things that I've never tried before out of fear or limiting beliefs or someone actually like telling you you can't do that or you know you will not be good at something and then you go and try and do it and and you realize it's possible and then you only get better as you you know do it more so so I absolutely love that I can list 50 things that that are a reason for me to stop quote unquote and probably one thing a day why to keep going and but you know that you want to keep going and that's the one reason that you need because being an artist being a producer making it happen everything's against you everything's against you so you have to swim against the what i forgot the english expression i'm international everybody <laughs> uh swim swim against the wave right <laughs> does that make sense i hope it makes sense it does, it does. Well, we're slowly coming to the end of the interview and I wanted to ask you one last question. So um, we know from Georgia and you also mentioned that that you are rehearsing for this new performance Until Dark. Uh, but I wanted to know what's in the cards for Luisa Galati in 2024 apart from this performance. Wow, so many things. <laughs> So many plans, some things I can't really announce yet, but honestly, most importantly, I'm going to visit my family at home in Brazil, and I haven't seen them in four years. Um, so I am extremely excited about that. I'm also going on a trip to Europe. I've never been to Europe. So I'm very excited about that. So after Until Dark, I'm going to go to a new chapter in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and travel for a bit. And then when I come back to New York, I will let you know what the plan is. Because right now I can't really say it. <laughs> but there, there are things in the oven that I can say that. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I, you know, I wish you amazing travels uh, coming because I'm based based in Europe. So <laughs> I'm happy that yeah, I'm happy that you're coming to our old continent <laughs> as well. So so this is really exciting and I can't wait to learn more about the secret projects that you're working on right now. But thank you so much for being here with me today. I absolutely adore your work and your project. I think Italia Theatre Company is such an important um, body that creates things that resonate with people. And I especially love that it's a female collective from all around the globe, which is just, you know, absolutely inspiring. So thank you so much for doing the work you do. And I can't wait to hear more in the future. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was super fun. Thank you for listening to Women United Art Podcast. This show is brought to you by Women United Art Movement, a global platform championing women in the arts. For more information about us and our current opportunities, please check womenunitedartmovement.com 
or grab a copy of Women United Art Magazine, our quarterly print and digital publication that highlights extraordinary women creatives, inspiring industry leaders, and remarkable art organizations. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, we'd also love it if you could leave us a review or follow us on Instagram. See you next time.